Welcome to Men Alive, where we examine biblical principles related to becoming conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. Our host is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, a consultant in adult education and director of Go Teach Global. Dr. Jim. Thanks, Paul. Today I would like to take our listeners to my favorite city on earth. It's a city you and I have visited together a number of times, and it's a city where I live for a year with my family while doing research for my doctorate degree. Have you figured out what city? I have known you for 60-plus years, and that is easy to guess. Jerusalem in Israel. That's right, Paul. Jerusalem. It's called the City of David. Jerusalem is called the City of Peace. And in some scriptures, Jerusalem is called the City of God. It is the city where our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ ministered, did miracles, healed blind eyes, was falsely accused, tried, beaten, crucified, rose from the dead, and ascended up to heaven from the Mount of Olives, with angels announcing this is where he will return. I well remember the day, Jim, when we walked around the entire wall of the old city, but it strikes me as we chat that some of our listeners live in countries where it would be considered illegal for them to travel to Israel. First, their government would not give them a visa, and secondly, if they had Israel stamped in their passport, they would be barred from returning home. Well, Paul, then let's tell our listeners a few things about this amazing city. Go ahead, Jim. You were the geography major in university. Tell us about the country. As most maps show, Israel today is a little piece of land on the eastern end of the Mediterranean Sea. The shoreline rises gently into fertile farmland. But about 60 kilometers inland, the land rises up some 800 meters to form a rocky mountainous ridge. At the peak of this ridge, surrounded by some seven hills, sits Jerusalem, the city of the great king, according to Psalm 48. Then, if we go some 25 kilometers to the east, the ground descends 258 meters below sea level at the city of Jericho in Wadi Kilt in the Jordan Valley, which makes this the lowest city on earth. Beside it is the 250-kilometer Jordan River, running down from Mount Hermon in the north to the Dead Sea. Mount Hermon is some 2,800 meters above sea level. It then flows into the Sea of Galilee at 600 meters below sea level, on down to the Dead Sea, which is some 430 meters or 1,400 feet below sea level. To the north is Israel's border with Lebanon and Syria, and to the east is Jordan. To the south, some 500 kilometers, a five-hour drive, is Elat at the Red Sea. And tucked between Elat at the Red Sea and Gaza on the Mediterranean Sea is the Sinai Peninsula and the Egyptian border. Now let's go back up to Jerusalem. As every geography major knows, each city on earth has a reason to exist and is usually near water. For example, a city may have a seaport harbor, like New York City or Vancouver. A city may have a river or a lake for transportation, like Montreal or Moscow. Or a city may be built around minerals or oil wealth, like Abu Dhabi. It can also be built around shipping or industrial wealth, like Singapore or Luxembourg. 
Okay, Jim, but so far Jerusalem has none of those features. Jerusalem sits 800 meters up on the top of a mountain range. Jerusalem has no flat land for an airport. The nearest airport is some 50 kilometers away, nor farmland for crops. Jerusalem has no river, no lakes, and relies on a few springs for water. Jerusalem has no harbor, as it is 60 kilometers from the Mediterranean Ocean. Jerusalem has no railway. Wait, uh, this year they opened a rail line from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, but no further east. So why exactly does Jerusalem exist as a city? Paul, my brother, like a good lawyer, you know the answer to the question before you ask it. Why does Jerusalem exist? The answer? God chose it, and God said, this is my city, my holy city. And someday my son, Jesus of Nazareth, is going to return as King of kings and Lord of lords and rule from my holy city. Jerusalem only has one natural resource. It's a beautiful cream-colored stone we call Jerusalem stone. For thousands of years, this stone has been quarried to build homes in Jerusalem. Some of the stones were used to build the walls around Jerusalem. Some even made it into the temple. The reality is Jerusalem as a city has no natural reason to exist. It sits at the top of a mountain. It has no water supply. It has no railway. It has no reason to exist. Only one supernatural reason. God, our Father in heaven, chose this city on earth to be his hometown. This is a good time to remind our listeners they are listening to Men Alive with Dr. Jim Cunningham from Go Teach Global. For a printed copy of this program's teaching or with any questions you may have, send your email to menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Now, Jim, tell us what the scriptures say about Jerusalem. Psalm 87, 1-3 says, On the holy mountain stands the city founded by the Lord. He loves the city of Jerusalem more than any other city in Israel. O city of God, what glorious things are said of you. Psalm 122, 6 told the pilgrims when they were ascending up to Jerusalem, Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May all who love this city prosper. Psalm 125, 1 and 2 says, Those who trust in the Lord are as secure as Mount Zion. They will never be defeated, but will endure, just as the mountains surround Jerusalem, and there are seven hills around Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people, both now and forever. Psalm 131, 13, For the Lord has chosen Jerusalem, he has desired it for his home. Psalm 137, 5 and 6 makes this claim. If I forget you, O Jerusalem, may my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth. Have you ever had a dry tongue stuck to the roof of your mouth? That's what he says here. If I forget you, O Jerusalem, may my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth. Isaiah 62, 7 Give the Lord no rest until he completes his work, 
until he makes Jerusalem the pride of the earth. The Lord has sworn to Jerusalem by his own strength, I will never again hand you over to your enemies. And 62.12 in Isaiah, Jerusalem will be known as the desirable place, the city no longer forsaken. Paul, an interesting story is found in Ezra and Nehemiah. In the first year of King Darius's reign, he authorized Ezra to return to Jerusalem and rebuild the temple. And Darius gave this blessing. May the God who chose Jerusalem as the place to honor his name destroy any king or nation that violates this command and destroys this temple. Interesting that even a so-called ungodly King Darius realized God had chosen Jerusalem as his home for his people for eternity. In the book of Nehemiah, King Artaxerxes commissioned Nehemiah to return to Jerusalem and rebuild the walls to protect the people. This amazing feat was done in 52 days, despite huge opposition and attempted setbacks by the enemy. So Paul, for any listener who has strayed from his Christian faith and wants to return to the Lord and rebuild his life, I have a word of encouragement from the rebuilding of the walls in Jerusalem. The original walls were built on huge foundation stones. You and I have visited those excavation sites and touched some of those stones right down at the bottom of the wall. They are huge. Some are the size of a bus. How they ever move them into place is a mystery beyond my engineering ability to explain. But smaller blocks were placed on the original wall to build it up. Then in came the Babylonians and destroyed the walls. But how did they do that? They would pull the top block off and throw it to the ground. Then they would pull the next block off and push it to the other side. Down, 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 down they went until they had a problem. <laughs> they had only partially knocked down the wall. But now the rubble was piling up equal on both sides and the ground was level. There was no way to go any deeper. So when Nehemiah came back to rebuild the wall, all he had to do was place the block on the left on top, then the block on the right on top of that block, and so back and forth, and soon the wall was built in 52 days. Paul, you know that when our son and daughter-in-law divorced after 12 years of marriage, we were devastated. We felt like a failure as parents, and we were beating ourselves up. Then a pastor friend reminded us that our son had 20 years in our home. We built a foundation into his life that remains solid. The pastor said, Satan has knocked down the walls of your son's Christian life and faith, but the moment he recommits his life to Christ, and begins to rebuild the walls, you will be amazed at how quickly that foundation is used to rebuild his new life in Christ. In Revelation 21, the Apostle John says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven like a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. I heard a loud shout from the throne saying, Look, God's home is now among his people. He will live with them and they will be his people. 
God himself will be with them. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things will be gone forever. I trust every man listening today will be in that new Jerusalem with you and me, Paul. Our prayer for every listener this moment who is experiencing sorrow or crying or pain, that they will be strengthened by God's Holy Spirit. By recognizing God is still in control, He is sovereign. He has chosen us to be His ambassadors and agents of reconciliation until He returns to rule as King of Kings and Lord of Lords from His holy city. For a printed copy of this program's teaching or with any questions you may have, contact Dr. Jim by sending your email to menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Men Alive is a production of Go Teach Global. For more information, go to our website at www.goteachglobal.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks, on behalf of Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to be men alive, conformed to the image of Jesus Christ.